we're going to jump into the Word. We're in a series called Rhythms of Grace, and we've been looking at spiritual disciplines as a means of putting you in a place where God's grace can work in you. Not that the discipline produces something and magically change you, but it actually puts you in a place where God's grace can work in you. And it's from Jesus' statement of, come to me all you're wearing uh, heavy laden and I'll give you rest. And he talks about taking his yoke and finding the rhythm of grace that he works with. And so we're having a little pause in a way, on that topic, but it's still connected because one of the things that allowed Jesus to walk in a rhythm of grace was that he was filled and led and prompted and anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so I love every year our anointing services where people are hungry, they invite the Holy Spirit just to touch them in a fresh, in a new way. It's not that you can only do it at the beginning of the year. You can do it throughout the year. And our key verse for the year comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, where Jesus went up a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And they came to him. I keep wanting to emphasize that. And that's kind of part of what this anointing service is. It's us responding to God, to his invitation to come to him, to come to Jesus, not just for salvation, but for everything in our lives. And they came. And and this anointing service, when you step out, is part of you responding to God. It's a little step of faith. It's a little saying, I'm hungry. I'm going to do something in order to invite the fullness of Jesus and his spirit in my life. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that they that he might send them out and to have authority. And our key words for the year that we're going to be touching on through the year are knowing Christ, growing in Christ, and then being sent out or being sown into different situations in life and just the whole thing of the giving of our lives in service to others. But as we look at how Jesus engaged with the Holy Spirit, Luke's gospel is known as the gospel of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of, for women. And the reason for that is Luke champions more women in his gospel than any of the other gospel writers. And none of them are demeaned in anything that he says in the way Jesus encounters them. But he also has a strong emphasis on the person of the Holy Spirit, explaining in the beginning how the Spirit of God came upon Mary and she conceived Jesus. But then we see this ongoing relationship that Jesus, fully God, but fully man and fully dependent on his Father, has with the Holy Spirit. And I want to read from Luke 3, 21, 22, and then jump into Luke chapter 4 and just touch on a few key things and encourage you, maybe when you get home today, that you read Luke chapter 3 and 4 and just refresh these key things in your life. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. Can I just say, if you haven't been baptised in water, can encourage you to inquire about it, take a step of faith. Jesus set an example for us there. And so John baptises him. And as he, that is Jesus, was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, 
You are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Luke then tells us that Jesus, now full of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4 verse 1, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Then later in verse 14, it says, he returned after encountering the devil's temptations in the wilderness. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then he goes to Galilee, to the synagogue at uh, Nazareth, where he opens the scroll from the prophet Isaiah and reads, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me too. And he lists a number of things there was anointed to do. And so from this, I'm going to encourage us to pray four prayers this morning. In that overall prayer, which is one of the most ancient prayers of the church, come Holy Spirit. And there are something that that was simply this, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you lead me? Would you empower me? Would you anoint me? And they are the things that Jesus Luke says, experienced in his relationship with the Holy Spirit. The first was as he was, came out of the waters of baptism, the fullness of the Spirit descended on him. Looked like a dove, wasn't a dove, but looked like it. And he was full of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5 and verse 18, the Scripture says, Paul speaking to us, be filled with the Spirit. And we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receiving that fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's not just it happened once, it needs to be ongoing. Because if you look at the tense of the Greek uh, words used here, literally this verse could be translated, be continually filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So not just that it happened way back there, but be continuously And you may say, well, why do I need to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit? And it's simply this, we leak. We leak. We, as we go through life, there's things that we do and we leak. It's not that the Holy Spirit rejects us or he leaves us or he abandons us. He doesn't do that. But it's that reminder, I need to have the fullness of the Spirit at work in my life. And I want to encourage you, if you don't already do this, is to actually make it a habit. If you can, a daily habit. But again, this is not about, oops, I forgot now, I'm guilty. This is just a reminder. And make it a habit to ask the Father to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe for some, for the first time, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are born of the Spirit and the Spirit dwells within you. Let me assure you of that. But then there's a second experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But why ask the Father? Because Jesus, when speaking about the Holy Spirit, again in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 13, talks about us, even though we are sinful, we know how to give good gifts to our children. And he draws this conclusion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father, your father in heaven sorry give the holy spirit to those who ask him how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him and i love everything about that statement but i want you to notice the how much more 
It's not as if God is reluctant. It is not as if God is saying, well, you have to perform a whole lot of things before I'll pour my spirit into you and fill you afresh and anew. He says, all you need to do is just ask me. Father, I ask today that you would fill me. I'm not going to ask how much water you drink in a day, but all the doctors advise us that we should drink a fair amount and for some probably you're not drinking quite enough. And the reason for drinking water is that our body is needed daily. You can't say to the doctor, well, I drank 10 litres at the beginning of the week and I should be good for the rest of the week. Or I, I, I did even more and I think I'm hoping to last for the month without drinking any more other fluid. It's every day your body needs. And it's the same sense, every day you in your spirit need a fresh impartation and infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that is required is that you come thirsty. Number one, that you ask the Father, but secondly, that you come thirsty. In John 7, verse 37 and following, on the great day of the feast, Jesus said with a loud voice, didn't want anybody to miss out on it, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who had believed in him were later to receive. And if you want to read the later to receive, Acts chapter two is where Luke picks up that promises and the fulfillment of that promise. And so when he talks about coming to receive living waters, he's talking about drinking in of the spirit of God. And so ask the Father and come thirsty. And this first prayer is Holy Spirit, Father, would you fill me afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit today? The second thing that happened to Jesus, that Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4 verse 1, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. The word led is actually quite strong. He was compelled by the Spirit to go into the wilderness and there to face certain temptations from the devil, which he overcame in the authority of God's Word. And I really felt a quickening when I was preparing this and thinking about this, that for many of us, the last few years have been a bit of a wilderness experience. And for some of you, it was directly connected to COVID. For others, it added an additional sense of being in the wilderness. And perhaps for some, it was totally unrelated to COVID, but the stuff that went on in your life made you feel like you were in the wilderness. And we hate the wilderness, but God does some of his best work in the wilderness. It's in the wilderness you become desperate. It's in the wilderness that you hear the voice of God. Just read the story of Moses, of Elijah, and there's others, and obviously of Jesus. And here's the prophetic thing that I felt the Lord gave me. Encourage you in this. It's not how you went into the wilderness that matters. It's how you come out of the wilderness that matters. Because in the wilderness, you can encounter God. It was in the wilderness, Jesus used the authority of God's word, God's promises to overcome. And the scripture says, Jesus returned to Galilee out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. 
And so in this encouragement, if you feel like you're in a wilderness experience right now, just say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Lead me to overcoming the wilderness. Lead me to be victorious in the wilderness and lead me to come out in the power of the Spirit from the wilderness. And I want to speak that over individuals and over families and over businesses and over people in their career choices and everything. But if you feel like in the wilderness, then say, Holy Spirit, lead me so that I will come through the wilderness and not just wander around the wilderness for the rest of this year. And it's simply making a decision to walk in obedience to God to the best of your ability. None of us do that perfectly. So don't set yourself up for failure if you feel like you've missed something or a prompting or were even once disobedient to a prompting and a leading of the Holy Spirit. Repent of it, confess it as sin and just say, Jesus, I'm ready to be led afresh and anew by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Paul says in Galatians 5, Verse 16 and then 18 and verse 25, he's having again a conversation about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. And then he says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Legalism will not change you. Being led and prompted and responding to the Holy Spirit is what transforms us and changes us. And then he says, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And so in the simple prayer of, Lord, let your Spirit fill me and Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me, is just learning to respond. And if you miss it, to say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I think you prompted me. I ask for your forgiveness, but lead me now. I want to keep in step with you. And even when it's going into a meeting or something, Under your breath, just take a moment and just say, Holy Spirit, lead me. And literally walk in and go, I'm following and trying to keep in spirit. I'm stepping into it. And that's an act of faith. It's a little thing you can do to just internalize that prompting because there's a flow of the river of God, the flow of this Holy Spirit, and we step into it. Do you want to? Do a little research, look at Ezekiel's experience of stepping into the river of God, the flow of the Spirit. And so say, Holy Spirit, as you lead me, help me to open my ears, open my heart, to be more sensitive. You don't need rules or legalism to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You just need to have a heart that's willing to obey. So the first prayer is, Father, would you fill me with your Spirit? Second prayer, Holy Spirit, would you lead me? The third is, Holy Spirit, would you empower me? Luke picks up on this so powerfully towards the end of his gospel. In Luke 24, verse 49, he tells us something that Jesus spoke over the disciples and speaks over us today. He says, I'm going to send you what my father but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And then in the book of Acts, he picks up on this. In Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. 
You will be my representation wherever you go. But I want you to notice the sense of being clothed with power from on high. And I want to remind you, as I remind myself this morning, remind all those who are on our online campus, that often we think to be strengthened by God is to feel powerful. But Paul says, when I'm weak, then he's strong in me. It's often in those moments of frailty when you go, I actually don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what this next step is. But Holy Spirit, empower me and I will do my best to respond to your leading because I want to be full of your spirit. It's in the weakness, it's in the frailty. It's not in feeling strong that you are victorious. Paul says it's actually in the sense of weakness and uncertainty that God's strength begins to work. And you usually look back and go, oh, God did something there. He did help me. He did deliver me. The word power here is dunamos. Now, they never had dynamite back in the day when this was written. But the person who invented dynamite, good, bad or otherwise, it's been used in many different ways, actually took it from the Greek word. It's explosive, it's dynamic, it's breakthrough, dunamos. And again, I want to speak and prophesy that over. this is a season of breakthrough as you come back into a fullness of the Spirit. So the first prayer is, Father, would you fill me? Because he will, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Holy Spirit, would you lead me and just help me to be sensitive to your promptings? And now, Holy Spirit, would you empower me? Would you clothe me with your power in my frailty, in my weakness, in my uncertainty? And the final thing is, would you anoint me? And Jesus was obviously fulfilling the prophecies that Isaiah had spoken, and they are powerful. The things that he came to do, his mission statement, if you like. But I want to just pick up on this thought out of it. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me too. And then he lists certain things that he was anointed to do. The anointing is not just a feeling. And if you sense the anointing, it's a wonderful thing. If you sense the Holy Spirit working and touching and moving in your life, and sometimes it's powerful and sometimes it's gentle. If you sense it, that's wonderful. But the real thing is you're anointed to do something. And I don't like the phrase ordinary people, but I want to use it in this context, ordinary people are able to do extraordinary things because the Spirit of God is at work in their lives. And many of us write ourselves off, oh, well, I'm just ordinary. I'm not, no, but it's, yeah, but it's those are the very kinds of people that God says, I'll anoint you so you can go and do things. And here's the thing. We often think the anointing is only for kind of church things. There's even conversations around speakers and guest speakers of how anointed they may or may not have been. Talking about somebody who's anointed and it's usually we put it in a church context. But the infilling and empowering and anointing of the Holy Spirit, number one, it's not a luxury, it's an absolute necessity for everyday life. 
Jesus told the disciple, don't go and do anything until you've been clothed with power from on high. And the Holy Spirit, number one, empowers us to be more like Jesus. And then to do things that advance the kingdom of God in every sphere of life. Now, I want you to catch that. It's important. The Holy Spirit is there to help you and I become more like Jesus by the fruit of the Spirit, by being led by the Spirit, by all the different things that are spoken of. But it's then to go and do things where you walk into everyday situations, school, workplace, university, home, wherever it is, and you're anointed to do certain things. And some of them may not even look particularly spiritual. But what I'm trying to stress here is the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every part of our life, not just Sunday services. And thank God for that. I love in Exodus 31 verse 3, it says of Bazal, I think I've pronounced his name right, he, he can correct me in heaven. He said, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and ability, in understanding and intelligence and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship. Some translations translate the last word and all kinds of skills. And what he was empowered to do was literally build the tabernacle. He was a craftsman. And here's what I'm prophesying over us this morning. That as you say, Holy Father, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? I need to be empowered by the Spirit and I'm looking for the anointing of the Spirit that God is going to give you all kind of wisdom and ability, understanding, even intelligence, or to activate what you've already got, supernatural knowledge, all kinds of skills for every situation you face in the workplace, in school, in university, in decisions in life, in family decisions, in personal decisions. The belief that God by His Spirit. Now, it's not saying you shouldn't research something. You shouldn't study something. You shouldn't do any of that. But it's just saying God by His Spirit will supernaturally anoint you with wisdom and ability, understanding, intelligence and knowledge and all kinds of skill. And I'm believing that through this year, there are going to be testimony after testimony of people who say, I didn't know what to do, but I remembered to ask for an infilling, to, to respond to the leading, believing that I was empowered and that I was anointed to do. And God did this in my business. God did this in my workplace. God did this in my family. God did this in my personal life. 